if you would bow your head. Father, we thank you again for another time to be in your house, God. You see each one who's gathered in here, Father. Tonight we, we speak of your spirituality, Father, what you are, and you are spirit. I ask in Jesus' name that you would please help me explain, Lord, in my finite understanding as to what you are, because you are so great, you are so big that you just simply said, I am. You exist because you say you exist. There's nothing like that in the world. Everything else was created with the exception of you. So we ask tonight in Jesus' name that you would move on our behalf, that you would speak to us, God, those things that we don't understand. Remove the things that are in the way. Remove those things that we think, Father, that don't matter to you, that don't matter at all, God, that we just listen to the word, that it's engrafted into who we are, that we might be changed and conformed to the image of your Son. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys can be seated. I'm going to read from John chapter five, John chapter four. It's a very familiar thing. Um, we all know it. It's the woman at the well. It's the experience that she had, exactly what that meant. But in that, we find out exactly in this instance, this characteristic of God. Last week, it was his aseity. It was the fact that he is because he is. He's self, self-proclaimed, self-fulfilling. Nothing, nothing fuels the Lord. He needs nothing. He just is because he's God. How do I understand that? I don't. And I, and I will explain it to you the easiest way that I can. It's the day that I found out that Brother Gene had a sense of humor and that my dad was filled with the Spirit of God because we were having a conversation in class. And my dad said, well, and Brother Gene, before daddy could say another word, Brother Gene said, well, well that's a mighty deep thought for such a shallow mind. I mean, and just that quick, and all of us men, we just went, oh, my, did he just say that? And then he started laughing, just like he is now. And we thought, that he's got a sense of humor. Number one, that, then I looked at my dad because I know this man, and I went, and he started laughing. Right, so in that instance, this topic is such a deep topic. I don't expect any of us to understand it. It's unfathomable who God is. But what we need to know is, is that he is spirit. So in John chapter 4, <clears throat> excuse me, we're going to look into this with the woman and the whale. And we're going to see what it has to say about that, that moment. So we're going to start in, in just in verse 21. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. That's lowercase s. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. Why? Verse 24. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. God is spirit. Verse 24. John 4, 24. God is spirit. That, that is the, of all the things I could tell you, that is your textual proof right there that, that Jesus Christ himself, God wrapped in flesh, said the Father is spirit, lowercase s, which is a very important thing that we're going to see because he's not talking about the Holy Spirit. God is not the Holy Spirit. Is it the Spirit of God? But the Spirit of God is the Spirit, capital S, He. There's a difference there. Spirit, you are spirit. I am spirit. God is spirit, but we are not the spirit. We are of a spirit, and that's what's important. So spirit, 4151, 
this is one of the ways that it's defined in this in this instance it's defined as this is something that is devoid of matter it has everything that you see around us is matter we're we consist of matter everything is matter y'all learn that in science matter cannot be destroyed correct we know that if matter is destroyed then it, it appears somewhere else if you burn something it turns into smoke whatever it is matter cannot be destroyed but this it is devoid of matter it possesses the power of knowing desiring deciding and acting it's the source of any power affection emotion or design that's what spirit is so god is spirit look at all of those things and we know that that's what god is right that that's what he that's what com he's comprised of because we cannot see him so in first timothy 1 and 17 i've, I've got these here if you would like to turn there but you do not have to because i'm going to read them first timothy 1 and 17 tells us this it says, now the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. It's what we learned last week. He's immortal, but he's invisible. God is not made up of matter. That's why he says, make no graven image of me, correct? Because you can't. It's an impossibility. Anything that you would make would be something that your mind made up because God, he has no form. He's shapeless. He is nothing. He is spirit. Exodus 33 and 20. <laughs> this is another one. But he said, you cannot see my face for no man can see me and live. Thank you, Lord. If God walked into this room right now and manifested himself to us, we would all die. How many times do we see throughout the Old Testament where he says he appears to them, but he's, do you notice he's always one of two things. He's light or he's fire. God is light and in him there is no darkness. The burning bush, God speaks from a bush. Whenever he tells him, you can see me, but you're going to see my hinder parts, he's not seeing a visible shape like this. He sees light, but he sees the light in a dim way to where he's not, he's not killed. You and I would die because we do not have a body that's fit to fathom and be in the presence of God. That's why he says this uh, corrupt body will be taken away and we will be given a physical body that will be able to be in the presence of God. Because this one cannot. Romans 1 and 20. We kind of alluded to this tonight. We were talking about it. For since the creation of the world, his, that being God's invisible attributes, God's eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. Y'all, that really is one of the saddest verses in the Bible. Because guess what? At the end, no one will be able to say that they didn't know. Because the spirit that you have been created as a spirit, that image that you've been created in was the spirit. Your spirit knows that there, your spirit knows that there is a God. What is within you knows that there's a God. You have got to, you personally have to suppress that. Because what did he say? I'm going to place a new heart in you. I'm going to write my tablets, my, my commandments on the tablets of your heart. When you were created, you were created a spiritual being, spirit. And that spirit is the spirit of God. And without that, you have no eternal life, which would not be such a bad thing if your eternal life is in hell. But here's the thing. We are, because we are spirit, we are like God. We are eternal beings. You cannot destroy spirit. Spirit lives forever. Spirit lives for eternity. When he created us in his image, he created us to be a spiritual being that would live for eternity. Now, we messed that up royally. We really did a terrible job 
and you and I would have done the same, sadly. But that is the reality that we face. I had said this morning in Sunday school, every creature has a living soul. Every creature has a soul. Only you and I have a soul that can be quickened to life. Only you and I have that. Animals do not have that. But you and I do. John chapter 1 and verse 18. All of John chapter 1 is pretty much talking about this. So I wasn't going to do it all. But yet again, how do we know that you cannot see him? John 1 and 18. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. Uh, so what does that mean exactly? No one has seen God at any time. That's literally what it means. Nobody's ever seen God, ever. And what, it, what, it's, what it's trying to explain to us is the only begotten. Who is the only begotten? The Son. The Son is the one who has, when it uses the word explain, explain means to be revealed, to describe, to discuss, or to be presented. Jesus Christ came here. It says again in one is what? He came to his own and his own knew him not. He literally was here, robed in flesh. He was God in the flesh. And no one even recognized who he was. What's happening today? It's the same thing. Because here's the reality is if you really are saved and born again and filled with the Spirit of God as you claim to be tonight, then you're the visual representation of God everywhere you go. And people see that, although we're not Christ, and they deny it. Well, there's no way that that person's really who they claim to be like when they're not around, when I'm not around them, surely they're cussing and throwing a fit. I'm sure they beat their wife when they get home or they run people off the road. You know, they make an excuse. There's no way that that Brother Scott can do that even whenever he's not around other people. It's just, just putting on a show. No, that's that's what life in Christ is. Life in Christ is a reality, is that I'm filled with the Spirit and I live that life out before men, but not only before men. He said it this morning perfectly. Ask these children. Ask my wife who I am. She'll tell you. Some of it's going to be terrible. Because that's just who I am, sadly. Because the Lord is still working on me. Ask, ask my kids when they were kids about me. Ask Caitlin. She'll tell you. She'll tell you stuff that's never even happened before, but she will tell you. She will tell you in a moment's notice. Guys, that's to me, honestly, that's the scariest part. I think back to when they used to do that on television. They don't do it anymore, but I don't remember the man's name, but he would bring those kids up. And it's the, it was the things that kids would say. Those kids are speaking the truth because they're honest and they're sincere about what they're saying, right? Are you truly who you say you are or are you someone else? And that's a, that's a hard reality that you and I, because here's the, diff, here's the deal. Your spirit will live forever in heaven or in hell. There is no in-between is what I'm trying to say. There's no in-between for you. Because you are spirit, just as God is spirit, you are indestructible. Well, that's not true. I'm going to be thrown in a lake of fire. You're indestructible. You will not be destroyed. Does it say that when you're thrown in hell that your body's destroyed? Actually, no. It says where you won't rot, where the worm were. Right. It says that you're going to be tormented forever. If you were, if you were destructible, then you will be thrown into a lake of fire as it's described and you would burn up and be gone, but not. You were created an eternal being. That is your image. Your image is eternal being, immortal. That should scare a lot of people in this world because your outcome is going to be forever, whatever that might be. 
<clears throat> Hebrews 1 and 3. It talks about in this one, it talks about a representation, 5481 in the Greek. It is a true reflection of the inner character. A true reflection of the inner character. So Hebrews 1 and 3, we're talking about God and then talking about Jesus at the same time. I'm going to read it and then I'll give their titles. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation that is the exact true reflection of the inner character okay, of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. So let's look at who they're talking about because Jesus and the Lord are both in these, God. And he is the radiance of his glory, Jesus. And Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of God's nature and upholds all things by the word of God's power. Who gave Jesus Christ all power and authority? It was, it was God. God the Father gave him that. That's what we need to understand is everything is what it is because of God, because he is spirit. Then it says, when he had made that Jesus, when Jesus had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, which was God the Father. So Jesus Christ was the true reflection of the inner character of who God is, because we can't see God. But how many times did Jesus tell them over and over, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? Why? Because you can't see the Father. It's impossible to see God. So he's saying, if you've seen me, because God is character, God is spirit. God is not flesh and bone and matter. God is outside of matter. What does that mean? I cannot even fathom it. Even a flame is made of something. Everything is made of something. A ray of light is made of something. But God is made of nothing because he's spirit. And that's the image that he chose to make you and I in, is that same spirit. Scary. As I'm studying this, it's a pretty scary reality. Colossians 1 and 15, we know this one pretty well. He, that being God, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the image of whom? The invisible God, because he is invisible. Uh, that's why uh, at least we can say that the some of the pagan beliefs and some of those that are wrong, at least they don't want you to draw their God or make a representation of their God. They have more reverence for their God than the average Christian who claims to be born again. Because they realize you should not draw, make a graven image or an idol to God. You shouldn't. You shouldn't, because no one knows what he looks like because he has no shape or form. So anything that you do is really, it's a mockery. It's a mockery of what God is. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Image 1504, the divine nature and absolute moral excellence. That's what Christ was. Christ was the divine nature of God and the perfect moral excellence of what makes God God. That's what he was in the flesh. Why was he our propitiation for our sins? That's why right there. Because he was perfect, which you and I could never be. Therefore, he died on the cross for us. Spirit is important. It's important that he is spirit. Luke 24 and 39, let's see what our Savior has to say about God's and what spirit is. He says this. This is where he appears to them. And they don't believe that they don't they don't believe that it's him, right? So he says, See my hands and my feet? That is, I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. When Jesus came back, when he was transfigured, do y'all remember the mountain of transfiguration? 
they saw Jesus glorified in his glorified body. When he comes back, he's 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 in his he's in his body. He's in the body that he's going to go be in the presence of God. Right. He says, look at me. Look at me. Can you see? I'm flesh and bone like this is my glorified body. This is this is where I am. But I love what he says. This just lets us know because he says for a spirit does not have flesh and bones. Spirit does not have a shape or a form. Spirit is spirit. And it's something that I cannot wrap my mind around or fathom because that makes no sense. It's just like the air that I'm breathing right now. I know I'm breathing air because I'm alive, but I cannot see it. I cannot see it anywhere in here. But they claim the atmosphere is made up of enough of it that we all live and we all exist. And a tree breathes in carbon dioxide, spits out oxygen, and we breathe out carbon dioxide, and the tree breathes that. It's, it's just reciprocal. And there again, yet again, that's God. Perfect. He does everything perfectly. Amazing. To me, it's amazing. So here's the thing. Why, why, is the, why is it beneficial for the believer that God is spirit? Why is that important? Why should we know that? Because because he is spirit, he can be everywhere at once. That's the number one thing. If God was tied to any shape or form like Satan is, Satan is Satan. Understand that. He's a spirit. He's an eternal spirit, but he's he's not everywhere at once. He's not spirit. He's bound. He can only be here or here or here. He went to and fro on the land, and then he went and stood before God. When he was standing before God, he wasn't tormenting someone in India. He was literally before God. Where he is is where he is, but where God is is everywhere. Everything is through him. Everything consists because of him, through him, for him, and by him. It all belongs to him. So if God was held in any shape or form, like a graven image that people make, y'all, he couldn't be here helping me, and he couldn't be with Ethan when he was in college helping him. He would be bound to help one of us in one area at a time, just like Paul, bless his heart, when he's trying to govern all these churches. And he's saying, I'm there with you in spirit, brothers. I'm there with you in spirit. But I, my, this physical body, I would love to leave this body because to be out of this body is to be present with the Lord. And, and that would be great. But I can only be at one place at one time. So I'm going to pen this letter. But know that I'm there with you in spirit. I'm there with you in spirit. I'm praying for you. I mean, I'm crying out for you. Number one, because he is spirit, he can be everywhere at once. We need to thank God for that, that he's not bound to anything. Number two, he's indestructible and immortal. If there was a fight, a clash of titans, as we heard, or a fight of gods, our God would win every time because nothing else is real. And God is real. And they say, well, how do you know God is real? Because God said he is real. I've, I've, I have met him. Did I see him? No, if someone tells you they saw God, you need to get away from them. Because if not, that means they should be dead. That's what I would ask a person. I did not know that before. If they said, I saw God, then why are you alive? Because my word actually says in Exodus chapter 33, verse 20, you cannot see my face for no man can see me and live. You should be dead. So you're a liar. So I probably need to stay away from you because you're a heretic. That's why Paul said, mark those that are among you and stay away from them. Guys, that's a lie. No one's seen God. If, if anyone's seen God and truly they can prove it, then the whole word of God is a lie, and we know that's not true. Okay, that goes to the next one. If we were to see him, we would die. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that whenever you sent your son, you robed him in flesh, because if I'd have ever seen what was truly inside of him, I would have died. He had to. We've talked about this several times, and we think about this in the wrong way. Do you know, it wasn't hard for Jesus to live in this flesh, it was hard for Jesus to suppress who he truly was while he was in it. 
Do you understand that? Who God, who Jesus truly was, his glorified, the glory that he had, he had to give that up and suppress that. The word of God says he could have called a legion of angels. Jesus could have done anything he wanted at any time he wanted to, anything. Because everything was, yet again, Colossians 1, everything was created through him, for him, and by him, and everything's his. And I love what Paul Washer says, the day is coming when he's going to come back and say, mine, 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 and mine. Because everything belongs to me. None of this is yours. And then that that belongs to him, he's going to take away. And that which is not, is going to be cast into a lake of fire. Then everything that we see, all of this that the money spent, all the things that we've done will be burned up with a fervent heat. And all that will remain is nothing. Nothing. Except for what? This spirit. That spirit will remain. Two things will remain, spirit and love. Faith is going to pass away. Hope is going to pass away. I don't need to have faith when I'm in, in the face of my Savior. I don't need to have hope in anything whenever I'm standing before my Savior. But thank God that I have a spirit that can stand before him. That's only if, just as we in the, one of the songs we sang here tonight, guys, whenever it comes that day and we stand before him, I really pray to God that you do it in reverence. And you do it. I don't know that we can smile. I don't know how that's going to work. But I can't imagine. I know how joyful it is to watch, to see Josh as he's singing the words of God. I can't imagine what it's like when I'm in front of my Savior. If I can be happy and excited with this group of people, what's it going to be like when I'm in, in, in presence of God? That's going to be amazing. That's the way I see it. I could be terribly wrong. But I, that's my prayer. So that is what God is, His Spirit. But... There's always a but. It's simple. God is spirit. And because he is spirit, he's indestructible. He's immortal. He's everywhere all at one time. But here's the question that we have to ask ourselves. Where does the image of God exist in humanity? Because it's very, it's very important that we know that he is spirit and what that means. But how does that work for you and I? And I never saw this before. And, and I pray that, that you're not offended by this. Um, because there are truths that you find and there's things that you see because you, you believe something that you've heard all of your life. Or you don't know and you never seek. And then whenever you find, you struggle with things. So where does the image of God exist in humanity? Number one, in man's substance, as it is like God. We are spiritual. It's indivisible. And it's immortal. The spirit, lowercase s, that's in you are those three things. The spirit that lives in you. I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit either. Please, please understand that I'm talking about spirit little s. The spirit that you were created in is, is immortal. It's eternal. In man's power and faculties, reasoning or understanding and freedom of choice and actions. Because the way that we defined it originally, let's define spirit, devoid of matter and possessing the, the power of knowing. Okay, knowing, desiring, deciding, and acting. The source of any power, affection, emotion, or desire. The only reason that, you're, that you have what you have is because you have, because you're spirit. You are spirit. Genesis 1, 26 through 27, this is where we get into one of the oldest things that I've ever heard, and I've always heard this. Everybody knows whose image were we created in. In our image, right? In the image of Jesus and in the image of God. 
And I often struggle with that. I said, how can I be created in the image of someone that's invisible that I can never see that he sent his son and he wrapped him in flesh because I couldn't see who he was because if I did, I would die. I mean, y'all, that, that's a legitimate question. These are those things, just like I go back to it, although it is funny. These are thoughts like what Brother Gene has said. It's, it's a very deep thought for such a shallow mind. My mind is not the greatest mind in the world by far. To try to understand and fathom what it is that God's Word says, it's not in me, it's in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Genesis 1, 26 through 27. Let's break this verse down, okay? It says this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. He just said four or five times that he created them in his own image. That must be really significant. There's no reason that he would say that over and over, image, likeness, image. So let's, let's define it, please. The first one. <clears throat> then God said, let us make. Okay, in the, in the Hebrew, make is 62.13. It is an absolute act of creation that cannot be destroyed. Okay, so whenever we, when he, when he said, let us make, let us create something that is impossible to destroy. Number one, you do understand that we were made to be perfect and to live with God for forever. What, what is the ultimate, what is the end of man, pastor, is to do what? Forever. There's no way to glorify God and enjoy Him forever without being created an eternal being. Number one, you're eternal. So make an absolute act. So Jesus, God says this. He says, God said to His, let us, hey, Jesus, Son, let us do an absolute act of creation that cannot be destroyed, number one. What we're about to make, you will. it cannot be destroyed one way or the other. He says, in our image. So we're going to, in our image, the absolute construct or semblance. We've already talked about what God is and how God is made. God is what? He's invisible. This is not the image we were made in. As you see this standing here, this is not what he's talking about. This is not the image that we're made in. We can't be made in the image of God and look like a human being. Because this flesh that I'm in is destructible, right? Okay. According to our likeness, likeness, 1823, it's phantom appearance. What is a phantom? A what? A ghost. Let us make them in our likeness. What is the likeness of God and Jesus there in heaven? They're, they're ghosts. That's what they are. The image that, that we're made in is not this image. It's the image of spirit. We were created indestructible in the image of what God is, and God is spirit. That's the part of you that you were created in the image of God. Not your flesh, not your bone, but your spirit. And I'm not talking about the spirit of God. I'm talking about spirit because God is spirit. And God said, let us make them in our image. Something that cannot be destroyed. What is God? God is spirit. He made you in his image, which is spirit. Everybody, those that are going to hell, everybody was made spirit. Does that make sense to you? Then he goes on to say, let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle, over all the earth 
and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God again created, newly created from nothing. From nothing. This created is from nothing. He created man in his own image again, in his own semblance. In the semblance of God. What is God? He's spirit. You were made like God and that is spirit. The only part of you that is like God is spirit. Your flesh is not like God. It's not. It's impossible for it to be. It's your spirit, the spirit that you were made in. Then he goes on to say this. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he newly created from nothing. What that means is, is there was no such thing as male and female. That's new. The, the, the concept of a man and a woman has never been before. That's new. But the Genesis 2 and 7, please turn there. This is the important part. To me, it was the important part. It may not be to you. Genesis 2 and 7 says that God formed us. 33.35 in the Hebrew says that form means to be fashioned with divine activity, not created. That's going to step on some toes. Something fashioned that can be destroyed. God just said that what he created would not be destroyed. What he made was indestructible. You were not created in this image right here that we're in. You were formed from the, something that was already created. You, human being, were formed from the dust of the earth. God had already created the dust of the earth. Do you see? So that goes back to what we had talked about before. When he says he created, creation is something that is brand new. We're, we were not new. Our spirit was made new because it was made from nothing, but we were formed from what already was. That's why we returned back to it. We returned back to what we were created in. That part of us is destructible. It has to be. But the spirit that's inside of us is indestructible. Whenever it says you were created in the image of God, and we look at this and we go, how? Look at me. I'm fat and I'm bald and I'm getting old and all these terrible things. This is not the image of God. The image of God is what's on the inside. It's spirit. It's the truth. It's what he is. That's, the, that's what we were created in the image of. If, we were, if this was the image that we were created in, oh my goodness. We were formed from the dust. And we were formed into what we are right now. But those things that are formed, they were fashioned with divine activity. Jesus, God said that. And he did everything through his son. They were there together at the same time. God created us as spirit so we could enjoy the benefits of his likeness. And then formed our outward appearance from that which was already created. Can you see that? Does that, does that seem to make sense to you? It doesn't take away from the fact that we have this visage, that we have this form. But it is very, very important that we understand that the image that we were created in was the spirit because the spirit is indestructible. And I, I keep saying that because to me, that's the scary part because people that don't believe in eternity, they're going to spend eternity somewhere. I mean, we heard that preach for the longest time. I've heard it all my life is, you know, you're going to die and go to hell, you're, you're, but you're never going to die. It, may, it makes it sound like it's, it's a final thing, right? You die and go to hell. And you eventually die, but you never, ever die. It's not Satan's hell. It's God's hell. Satan is there. He doesn't run the place. He doesn't rule the place. 
He's tormented just like everyone else that's there. Whenever you talk to people and they ask you, if they were to ever ask you that, what does it mean to be made in the image of God? When you, when you talk to people and you explain about the gospel and what it is, please always make sure and tell them that no matter if you're a believer or you're not a believer, that you will live for eternity. God is spirit, and he created us in that image, the image of spirit. There is no way to escape an eternity somewhere. You don't have to like that reality. That doesn't teach well or preach well, and it definitely doesn't walk up to someone on the street and tell them that, hey, I know that you think that you're going to turn into a moth or you're going to go to your, your planet or whatever, but you're going to live eternity somewhere, and there's only two places you can spend it. That's it. And there's a God who created you in his image. And he did that for a purpose. And that purpose was so that you could enjoy the benefits of his likeness. What are the benefit? What would you say would be the benefits of his likeness? Well, it tells us that it's the things that you enjoy now. You have the power of knowing. I would have you not be ignorant. That's what we're doing tonight. We're trying to learn of God. You desire. But once the Lord comes into your life, do your desires change? Yes, they do. You can decide things. Often they're not right. And you can act on things. You can act on this word tonight. You can decide that this is garbage and you don't care about it. You can, you can file it somewhere and never think about it again. That's between you and God. All I do is deliver the word. Everybody in here has a choice to make. I had a choice to make whether I could have said I don't feel good and I want to stay home tonight and had somebody else do this, but that's not what I chose to do. Right? So then the, so it's the source of any power, affection, emotion, or desire. Do you, have, do you have power in your body right now? That power is in the spirit. Do you have affection? Your affections are spirit. Do you have emotion and desire? All those things is because you're created in the image of God because that's who God is. Why is that important, guys? Because we don't serve a God who doesn't love us, who doesn't have compassion, who doesn't see us where we are, meet us where we are, give us the ability to be likened unto him so that we can have spirit, so that we can be saved. And then thank the Lord, he gives us a body that he can destroy so that he can give us a glorified body so we don't have to live in this husk all of the days of our life. That should excite you too. Do you want to, do you want to live in the body that you're in? Are you that vain that you think that you're all that? Right? A lot of people are, though. And they do things to try and keep this body, and they try to keep, and then they try to cryogenically freeze themselves so they can live. I hate to tell them, your spirit, you're going to live for eternity whether you freeze yourself or not. That's not how this works. Y'all, there, there, there is a world that does not believe anything like you and I believe right now. They really don't. And sadly... Although it's it's in man, it's it's in them. Just as it says in Romans, we, we read it in Romans there in 1 and 20, no one's going to be with excuse. Everyone will be without excuse whenever Christ comes back. Why? Because since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. You can walk outside and you can see that there has got to be intelligent creation. It did not just happen by happenstance. It did not. So. God is spirit, simple, but, but hard to understand. Know that he doesn't have a form. Don't try to draw a picture of him. Don't make a graven image to him. Don't disrespect the Lord because he, no, he has no visage. You can't see him. 
But understand this, the reason that Jesus Christ said, learn of me is, is just what this told us tonight. He was everything that the Father was, and that was perfect. And he came to this world, and he lived a sinless, perfect life so that you and I could model ours after it. And then after he did that, he sent a spirit, the spirit, the Holy Spirit, to live inside of you and me so that the spirit that we have that's eternal would live with the Father for forever. We should glorify him for that. You really should. Thank God that you were created lowercase spirit, that it's indestructible. But because of that, you're in his likeness. You can be with him someday. Without that, you would not. If you would, bow your heads. Father, thank you again for another time to be in your word, God. Thank you for who you are. Father, be with us in the coming week. I ask that you would give us opportunities to share who you are, Father, that we could forward the gospel. God, you see those that might have an infirmity in their body. God, it might be in their mind, Lord. It might be in the, in their body physically, Father. It might be a spiritual battle. That was the word that was brought this morning. I know it had to prick hearts, God. It had to move people. God, we just ask that if someone didn't move on that, that, God, you would give them another opportunity, Father, to come to you, to come to know who you are, Father. Thank you, God, that you are an eternal God, that you are immortal, and that you are indestructible. Thank you for what you've done for each and every one of us and the things you've kept from us. I ask that you would be with us as we leave this place. Bring us back at the next appointed time. In Jesus' name, amen.